Today is the 14th day of the month. Welcome to PsalmsCast. I am Denise, and it is great to be here with you today as we gather around the Lord's gift of His living Word. And yes, we are crossing over the midpoint of the week. On the weeks where the challenges happen one right after another, like it happened this week, Wednesday means for me that I have climbed the hill, and often I find that the rest of the week is not as challenging. And yes, I do have to give thanks to the Lord, even for this merciful halfway point. If you are new to the daily reading of the Psalms, welcome. Sit back and enjoy God's Word pouring into your life. Today, we are navigating through Psalm 14, Psalm 44, Psalm 74, Psalm 104, and Psalm 134, and we are reading from the Living Bible. At the very end of the podcast, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, this month we are focusing on the book of Proverbs. It has 31 chapters, and there are 31 days in this month. And today, we are heading into Proverbs chapter 14. But first, as we do every day, Let's invite the Lord to be the focus. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for all that you have brought to our life, that you have made a way so that we can come to the Father in spirit and in truth. Lord, we come because we are desperate. We want to draw near to you. And yes, we are coming humbly and we know that It's only because of Jesus that we can be here. Would you please pour into us your truth and enable us to have an understanding of what we hear today. We open our hearts and we open our minds to you. We desire that our lives would be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit into the people that you desire us to be. So we ask humbly. Will you lead? Will you guide? And will you illuminate as we journey into your word today? Psalm 14. That man is a fool who says to himself, there is no God. Anyone who talks like that is warped and evil and cannot really be a good person at all. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who are wise, who want to please God. But no, all have strayed away. All are rotten with sin. Not one is good, not one. They eat my people like bread and won't think of praying. Don't they really know any better? Terror shall grip them, for God is with those who love him. He is the refuge of the poor and humble when evildoers are oppressing them. Oh, that the time of their rescue were already here, that God would come from Zion now to save His people. What gladness when the Lord has rescued Israel. Psalm 44 O God, we have heard of the glorious miracles you did in the days of long ago. Our forefathers have told us how you drove the heathen nations from this land and gave it all to us, 
spreading Israel from one end of the country to the other. They did not conquer by their own strength and skill, but by your mighty power and because you smiled upon them and favored them. You are my King and my God. Decree victories for your people, for it is only by your power and through your name that we tread down our enemies. I do not trust in my weapons. They could never save me. Only you can give us the victory over those who hate us. My constant boast is God. I will never thank you enough. And yet for a time, O Lord, you have tossed us aside in dishonor and have not helped us in our battles. You have actually fought against us and defeated us before our foes. Our enemies have invaded our land and pillaged the countryside. You have treated us like sheep in the slaughter pen and scattered us among the nations. You sold us for a pittance. You valued us at nothing at all. The neighboring nations mock and laugh at us because of all the evil you have sent. You have made the word Jew a byword of contempt and shame among the nations, disliked by all. I am constantly despised, mocked, taunted, and cursed by my vengeful enemies. And all this has happened, Lord, despite our loyalty to you. We have not violated your covenant. Our hearts have not deserted you. We have not left your path by a single step. If we had, we could understand your punishing us in the barren wilderness and sending us into darkness and death. If we had turned away from worshiping our God and were worshiping idols, would God not know it? Yes, he knows the secrets of every heart, but that is not our case, for we are facing death threats constantly because of serving you. We are like sheep awaiting slaughter. Awaken, rouse yourself, don't sleep, O Lord. Are we cast off forever? Why do you look the other way? Why do you ignore our sorrows and oppression? We lie face down in the dust. Rise up, O Lord, and come and help us. Save us by your constant love. Psalm 74 O God, why have you cast us away forever? Why is your anger hot against us, the sheep of your own pasture? Remember that we are your people, the ones you chose in ancient times from slavery, and made the choicest of your possessions. You chose Jerusalem as your home on earth. Walk through the awful ruins of the city and see what the enemy has done to our sanctuary. There they shouted their battle cry and erected their idols to flaunt their victory. Everything lies in shambles, like a forest chopped to the ground. They came with their axes and sledgehammers and smashed and chopped the carved paneling. They set the sanctuary on fire and raised it to the ground. Your sanctuary, Lord. Let's wipe out every trace of God, they said, and went through the entire country, burning down the assembly places where we worshipped you. There is nothing left to show that we are your people, 
the prophets are gone, and who can say when it will all end? How long, O God, will you allow our enemies to dishonor your name? Will you let them get away with this forever? Why do you delay? Why hold back your power, unleash your fist, and give them a final blow? God is my king from ages past. You have been actively helping me everywhere throughout the land. You divided the Red Sea with your strength. You crushed the sea gods' heads. You gave them to the desert tribes to eat. At your command, the springs burst forth to give your people water, and then you dried a path for them across the ever-flowing Jordan. Day and night alike belongs to you. You made the starlight and the sun. All nature is within your hands. You make the summer and the winter too. Lord, see how these enemies scoff at you. O Jehovah, an arrogant nation has blasphemed your name. O Lord, save us. Protect your turtle doves from the hawks. Save your beloved people from these beasts. Remember your promise. For the land is full of darkness and cruel men. O Lord, don't let your downtrodden people be constantly insulted. Give cause for these poor and needy ones to praise your name. Arise, O God, and state your case against our enemies. Remember the insults these rebels have hurled against you all day long. Don't overlook the cursing of these enemies of yours. It grows louder and louder. Psalm 104 I bless the Lord. O Lord my God, how great you are! You are robed with honor and with majesty and light. You stretched out the starry curtain of the heavens and hollowed out the surface of the earth to form the seas. The clouds are his chariots. He rides upon the wings of the wind. The angels are his messengers, his servants of fire. You bound the world together so that it would never fall apart. You clothed the earth with floods of water covering up the mountains. You spoke, and at the sound of your shout, the water collected into its vast ocean beds, and mountains rose and valleys sank to the levels you decreed. And then you set a boundary for the seas so that they would never again cover the earth. He places springs in the valleys and springs that gush from the mountains. They give water for all the animals to drink. There the wild donkeys quench their thirst, and the birds nest beside the streams and sing among the branches of the trees. He sends rain upon the mountains and fills the earth with fruit. The tender grass grows up at his command to feed the cattle, and there are fruit trees, vegetables, and grain for man to cultivate, and wine to make him glad, and olive oil as lotion for his skin, and bread to give him strength. The Lord planted the cedars of Lebanon. They are tall and flourishing. There the birds make their nests, the storks in the firs. High in the mountains are pastures for the wild goats, and rock badgers burrow in among the rocks and find protection there. He assigned the moon to mark the months, 
in the sun to mark the days. He sends the night and darkness when all the forest folk come out. Then the young lions roar for their food, but they are dependent on the Lord. At dawn they slink back into their dens to rest, and men go off to work until the evening shadows fall again. O Lord, what a variety you have made, and in wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your riches. There before me lies the mighty ocean, teeming with life of every kind, both great and small. And look, see the ships, and over there the whale you made to play in the sea. Every one of these depends on you to give them daily food. You supply it, and they gather it. You open wide your hand to feed them, and they are satisfied with all your bountiful provision. But if you turn away from them, then all is lost. And when you gather up their breath, they die and turn again to dust. Then you send your spirit and new life is born to replenish all the living of the earth. Praise God forever. How he must rejoice in all his work. The earth trembles at his glance. The mountains burst into flame at his touch. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise God to my last breath. May he be pleased by all these thoughts about him, for he is the source of all my joy. Let all sinners perish, all who refuse to praise him. But I will praise him. Hallelujah. And our final psalm for today is Psalm 134. O bless the Lord, you who serve him as watchmen in the temple every night. Lift your hands in holiness and bless the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Do you ever fall asleep while you are praying? Have you ever been concerned that perhaps God might be displeased with your lack of being able to stay awake while you are praying to Him. A dear friend shared what I'm going to share below as a copied aha moment on her Facebook feed. And after reading it, I decided that perhaps there's somebody who might need to hear this as well. Do you ever feel guilty for saying your prayers at night and you end up falling asleep, never really completing that prayer? Well, this morning I was listening to the radio and they brought up something that I thought was really great. When a baby is upset and requiring comfort, it can be said the safest place for that baby is within their mother's arms. It is there that the baby will fall asleep by their one desire. When you are saying your prayers at bedtime, Your mind is often filled with fears, stressors, and the occasional praises. Though imagine feeling so at ease that you are able to go to sleep during the middle of your prayers and not left awake for the next several hours struggling with the aforementioned items. The safest place our mind can be would be in prayer. Therefore, we should not feel guilty about falling asleep and never completing our prayers. 
God already knows your heart and your desires. He's got you in His arms, rocking you right to sleep. Pretty wonderful, huh? At one point in my life, I went through a seriously frustrating season of insomnia. Every night, I struggled to drift off to sleep. Night after night, of tossing and turning, not getting a restful night of sleep just made me desperate for an answer to how to fall asleep. Then one night, I was so frustrated that I decided to use Acts Method to spend some time with the Lord. Acts is an acronym for Acknowledge, Confess, Thanksgiving, Supplication. It's a way that you can come before the Lord and have a plan for how you're going to pray. I figured if sleep would not come, I might as well try to spend some time talking to the Lord about this frustrating situation. Did you notice that the part about asking God for answers is at the very end, under the supplication part of the list? And actually, every single night that I would start to pray this way, I rarely made it to the part where I would be asking God for help. I usually had fallen asleep. Father God, there are so many things that we face in your word and that we learn from your word that are too great for us to understand, too good for us to comprehend why you would be so gracious, why you would want to be with us. So we mimic in our hearts the words of King David when he began to realize this. Who am I? Oh, who am I? Oh, God. Yes, we often wonder who we are and who you are and how we fit together. Yet, you have made that possible and we accept your invitation and we invite your Holy Spirit to lift our eyes from the ground to the horizon. May we see your kingdom in everything and that we play a vital role in it. We thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy in our lives and invite you to lead us into all truth. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now, for those who are desiring to dive deeper into God's word, hang in here for just a few more minutes as we wrap up this part. This month's focus is the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, and we are diving into the 14th chapter of Proverbs. If you would like to connect, to reach out, to share your thoughts, to request prayer, or to request a Bible of your own, the number to dial or text if you're in the United States is 470-240-1509. If you're outside the United States, I encourage you to use WhatsApp to make the connection and that number is 1470-240-1509. You can also connect through social media. Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God Proverbs chapter 14. So, continuing 
to learn who Solomon is and why these Proverbs are really sort of kind of important to us here today. His father, David, was approximately 50 years old when Solomon was born. Those sinful choices and decisions that King David made caused horrible unrest, anger, and vengeance among the many sons born to his many wives. Solomon was raised in that environment where wives jockeyed for a chance to spend the night with the king. Bathsheba and the children born to her were favorites of the king. David's sons, by his other wives, acted wickedly. It was seriously a messy business that caused lots of trauma for David's other children, chaos in his harem, and heartache for David. The one bright spot in David's life were his children with Bathsheba. In Kings 1, while David was at the end of his life, his oldest living son, Adonijah, staged a coup and made himself king unbeknownst to David. The prophet Nathan came to Bathsheba with the news of what Adonijah had done and gave counsel to Bathsheba as well as to King David. And this is where we pick up the story. So King David said, Call Bathsheba. So she came back in and stood before the king. And the king vowed, As the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, I decree that your son Solomon shall be the next king and shall sit upon my throne, just as I swore to you before by the Lord God of Israel. And it happened just as King David wanted. Solomon is crowned king. So what happened to Adonijah, who tried to steal the throne? Solomon forgave him for this first attempt. If you want to know the rest of that story, you need to jump over to the second chapter of 1 Kings to check it out for yourself. Since it is recorded that David was 70 years old when he died, This would make Solomon around 20 years old when he became king. David, on his deathbed, left a list of things that he wanted Solomon to accomplish. We pick up the timeline in 1 Kings chapter 3. Solomon made an allegiance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to Jerusalem to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple in the walls around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings on altars in the hills, for the temple of the Lord had not yet been built. Tomorrow we'll learn about Solomon's encounter with the Lord. So we're going to dive into the chapter of wisdom before us. Simply allow God's words of wisdom to wash over you and through you, trusting the Holy Spirit to plant the seeds of truth in your life, in your heart, and in your mind. And He will show you what He wants you to mull over and to consider today. And remember, the purpose of this section is for you to personally learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Proverbs chapter 14 A wise woman builds her house, while a foolish woman tears hers down by her own efforts. To do right honors God. To sin is to despise Him. 
A rebel's foolish talk shall prick his own pride, but the wise man's speech is respected. An empty stable stays clean, but there is no income from an empty stable. A truthful witness never lies. A false witness always lies. A mocker never finds the wisdom he claims he is looking for, yet it comes easily to the man with common sense. If you are looking for advice, stay away from fools. The wise man looks ahead. The fool attempts to fool himself and won't face facts. A common bond of rebels is their guilt. A common bond of godly people is goodwill. Only the person involved can know his own bitterness or joy. No one else can really share it. The work of the wicked will perish. The work of the godly will flourish. Before every man, there lies a wide and pleasant road that seems right, but ends in death. Laughter cannot mask a heavy heart. When the laughter ends, the grief remains. The backslider gets bored with himself. The godly man's life is exciting. Only a simpleton believes everything he's told. A prudent man understands the need for proof. A wise man is cautious and avoids danger. A fool plunges ahead with great confidence. A short-tempered man is a fool. He hates the man who is patient. The simpleton is crowned with folly. The wise man is crowned with knowledge. Evil men shall bow before the godly. Even his own neighbors despise the poor man, while the rich have many friends. But to despise the poor is to sin. Blessed are those who help them. Those who plot evil shall wander away and be lost, but those who plan good shall be granted mercy and quietness. Work brings profit. Talk brings poverty. Wise men are praised for their wisdom. Fools are despised for their folly. A witness who tells the truth saves good men from being sentenced to death, but a false witness is a traitor. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. Reverence for the Lord is the fountain of life. Its water keeps a man from death. A growing population is a king's glory. A dwindling nation is his doom. A wise man controls his temper. He knows that anger causes mistakes. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. Jealousy rots it away. Anyone who oppresses the poor is insulting God who made them. To help the poor is to honor God. The godly have a refuge when they die, but the wicked are crushed by their sins. Wisdom is enshrined in the hearts of men of common sense, but it must shout loudly before fools will hear it. Godliness exalts a nation, 
but sin is a reproach to any people. A king rejoices in servants who know what they are doing. He is angry with those who cause trouble. Often throughout the Proverbs, they talk a lot about people who are foolish and people who make foolish choices in life. None of us have to be a fool. If we don't want to be, we just need to dig in here and what we find in the Proverbs and ask the Lord to show us understanding, to change our lives, to scrub away the foolishness and to show us wisdom. And yes, that means that we have to make choices, different choices, because when we make the same choices over and over again, we get the same results. You have to do things differently if you want a different outcome.